to another episode of the wonderful Arsenio ZSL podcast and today is another corporate finance special getting into the reported financial information oh my god how important is this well again you know when you're looking at everything when you're looking at the assets the total current assets the total current liabilities the shareholders the equity uh before interest and taxation gross profit, when we look at everything, and it's very difficult to actually look at fa uh, financial statements, you should be able to see if a company is healthy, you should be able to forecast a couple of things, and whether or not you were want to do business with them. You know, Warren Buffett did in an interview, as a matter of fact, uh, with Lehman Brothers, okay? So Lehman Brothers came to him, and they gave them their, his full, uh, their full financial statement, and he was looking at it, and uh, this was just before Lehman uh, Brothers had crumbled. And he looked and he said, oh my God, this is horrible. And by looking at a financial statement, you could see how healthy a company is. And you know, my goal, especially this year, is to actually look at the finance, uh, no, no, not at my job, I'm actually pretty scared. Um, but again, <laughs> the, the job that I actually work at here, as long as they keep giving me a visa, I'm happy. Um, and so when we talk about financial statements, I'm going to try to break this down. I have a nice video clip uh, from the movie The Big Short. Now, some of you may have uh, probably weren't following me back in uh, 2019. Uh, I did a full, you know, financial crisis, blah, 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 blah. Uh, I believe it was season three. Um, and I didn't take this scene from The Big Short, but this is about financial information in general. So here we go. Let's first go over what Lehman Brothers is and why is this so significant? Well, if you understand financial information, you know how to read financial reports, you will know uh, whether or not you would like to do business with the company. So here we go. Basically, the prime culprit of what had happened with Lehman Brothers and how them and Bear Stearns completely, com completely gone under is because, is because they had mortgage-backed securities. Now, were these mortgage-backed securities, the triple A's, the double A's, the single A's, were they healthy? No. They were basically, you know, they had these, you know, specific scores that they should have, but if you actually did your research, you would know that they were completely dog shit, okay? And for whatever reason, if the value of whatever was in these mortgage-backed securities were to go to zero, the entire security itself would go to zero. This is how millions upon millions of people in America had lost their homes and they had become homeless between 2008 and 2009. Uh, my mother had lost her job. Uh, you know, I wasn't going to get, uh, I was, I could only work at X amount of hours while going to college because uh, there just wasn't any money. So you could imagine how the housing market ended up directly affecting the entire economy in general. And so I remember, you know, you know, back in 2009, I was very fortunate enough to have a job for a small amount of time setting up Google ads. <clears throat> and then that job had gone under. And uh, then obviously going into dental assistant for a year, hurry up and get my certification and boom, the rest is history. Now, going back into this, I just wanted to show you my, my, uh, my, you know, my world, especially back in 2008, 2009, uh, but me being able to, you know, buy and book a flight to Australia for only $700 USD round trip. So 350 there, 350 back on V Australia. 
That's how bad the economy was because you could get anything and everything for so cheap. So let's go back to the mortgage-backed security. So back in 2003 and 2004, with that huge U.S. housing bubble, when it went underway, Lehman got five mortgage lenders, okay, along with some, uh, some, some company called BNC Mortgage and Aurora Loan Services that specialized in these specific AAA loans. So these loans were made to borrowers without full documentation. And who were the borrowers? The people, of course. So at first, Lehman's, you know, acquisitions seemed, ah, it was all right. You know, Lehman's real estate business enabled revenues in the capital markets units to surge 56% between 04 and 06. The firm was, uh, what is this, securitized 100, or I'm sorry, the firm securitized 146 billion of mortgages in 2006, a 10% increase, increase from 2005. So Lehman ended up recording all these massive profits every year from 2005 to 2007. And then in 2007, it announced 4.2 billion in net income on 19.3 billion in revenue. Now, there was a colossal, meaning a very massive miscalculation because in 2007, Lehman's stock price reached a record $86.18, okay? So we're talking $86 per share. And next thing you know, it ended, it ended up giving that market capitalization of nearly 60 fucking billion. But see, what ended up happening by the first quarter of 2007, see, cracks in the U.S. housing market were already becoming apparent. So the defaults on those subprime mortgages began to rise to a seven-year high. And on March 14, 2007, a day after the shock had its biggest one-day drop in five years on concerns that rising defaults would affect the profitability of Lehman. So again, the firm ended up reporting, you know, all these wonderful revenues and profit, you know, for that first quarter. But following that earnings report, Lehman said the risks posed by rising home delinquencies were well-contained and would have little impact on the firm's earnings. This is basically... Uh, uh, Wall Street bullshit, okay? Investment bank bullshit. Basically telling all their investors, hey, everything's going to be good. It's that that huge clown. Oh my God, I don't know if you guys have watched him before. Kramer, there we go. Finance Kramer. If you put type finance Kramer, Bear Stearns, 2008 on YouTube. This guy wrote in an email in 2008 saying, should we pull all our money out of Bear Stearns? He was like, no, no, do not pull your money out of Bear Stearns. Absolutely not. I would invest more. Bear Stearns went to shit. Now, let's not get ahead of ourselves, okay? This is the beginning of the end for Lehman. So Lehman's stock ended up falling, okay? Because it, like, it just plummeted. It was terrible, Okay because that credit crisis ended up erupting in August, 2007, at the beginning of the third quarter, right? And so with the failure of those two massive Bear Stearns hedge funds. So during that month, the company eliminated 1,200 mortgage related jobs and shut down another unit. So you could see that it ended up just crumbling. And this is probably at the time where they went to, of course, your bro, Okay, Warren Buffett and say, hey, check us out. You want to invest? And he's like, oh, hell no, you guys are fucked. 
and ended up closing these AAA offices in three different states. And those people that they had done work with before, the BNC, the Aurora, they ended up just shutting down. So even as the correction in the U.S. housing market gained momentum, Lehman continued to be a major player in the mortgage market. So here we go. In 2007, Lehman ended up underwriting more mortgage-backed securities than any other form, okay, or firm. So they ended up having this $85 billion portfolio, four times its shareholders' equity. And so when it came into that last quarter, we're talking October, Lehman stock ended up rebounding and the global equity markets reached new highs and prices for fixed income assets staged, uh, let's just say a rebound. But then the firm did not take the opportunity to trim its massive mortgage portfolio. They just kept saying, hey, keep buying, keep buying. Everything's going to be all right. And guess what? That would have ended up being, in retrospect, the last chance for it to bail itself out. So in 2007, hurling toward failure, Lehman's high degree, okay, of that leverage, it's pretty high, okay? They had a very large mortgage securities portfolio. Now, because of that, it made it very and highly susceptible to the deteriorating market conditions. So what ended up happening on March 17, 2008, due to the concerns that Lehman would be the next Wall Street firm to fall and you know fall like Bear Stearns, its shares plummeted almost 50% of the entire capitalization. And so by April, okay, after you know some other, you know, converted some of its shares and yielding all this other stuff. Well, guess what? The stock just continued to just go on to shit. And next thing you know, hedge fund managers ended up questioning the valuation of Lehman's mortgage portfolio because Lehman wasn't very transparent about the money that they had. You see? So again, on June 2008, I still remember this day from the back of my mind. I remember I was sitting behind the counter at my uh, at the sports center at my college, just doing a part-time job. And I could say one or two weeks prior, maybe even on this day, I remember uh, Johnny, my boss at the time, came to me and said, hey, Arsenio, listen, uh, you can't work this summer. I said, what do you mean? He said, uh, the college doesn't have any money. And I said, wait, but I just, I just like moved in like on my birthday to you know an apartment with my friend. So I don't have any money. And so I had, it, it was such a stressful time for me because I'm like, how am I going to get the money to pay for anything if you are taking away my work study? And so what ended up happening right on that single day, you know, Lehman finally announced the second quarter loss. Okay. So we're talking April, what is it? We're talking April, May, and on June 7th, they <laughs> announced that 2.8 billion loss. And then reported another raise, like, what is it? And reported that it raised another $6 billion from investors by June 12th, five days later. And then it ended up saying, oh, we boosted our liquidity pool to $45 billion. And I'm like, you guys are just lying your asses off. Because guess what? It was too little too late. Over the summer, they had unsuccessful overtures to a number of potential partners. People said, you know what? You're full of shit. 
The stock ended up plunging 77% in the first week of September. The, and next thing you know, the plummeted equity markets worldwide. And then that was it. Lehman and everything, the stake, there was a Korean development bank, as a matter of fact, were completely dashed. Because South Korea, that South Korean bank was like, oh, whoa, 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 whoa. We're putting everything on hold because we think you're full of shit, Lehman. And so again, that stock just continued dropping and dropping. And then Lehman ended up saying, oh, our financial position right now, it's very pitiful. You know, on September 10th, they were like, oh, you know, the third quarter report is absolutely horrible. 3.9 billion in loss. Another 5.6 billion right down. Credit ratings were through the roof. And then by September 11th, the stock has suffered another massive plunge of 42% due to these developments. And so then, obviously, September 15th, four days later, Lehman declared bankruptcy, resulting in the stock plunge of 93% from its previous close just three days before. And that was the end of Lehman. Can you believe that? It's amazing how everything, you know, breaking that down and seeing how it just went to shit and seeing all these investment asshole bankers just leaving crying. I'm like, oh, fuck off. You guys got millions of dollars. Kiss my ass. How about the millions of others of Americans who bought and got these subprime ass mortgage backed loans and ended up getting, you know, uh, purchasing a house with it. Millions of homes and people are now homeless. And now I'm going to bring to you this specific wonderful clip from the movie, The Big Short. You guys can check that out very easily on any free website or, you know, you can just, you know, watch it somehow. Okay. Uh, but I'm going to play this audio for you. You guys are going to be able to hear this. And then I'm going to sum this bad boy up in terms of financial information and financial reports. So here we go. The yes, Morgan suffered some losses, but our liquidity is strong and there's no cause for concern. Morgan Stanley. Will Benny Klieger be concerned? Because word on the street is that he took some pretty heavy losses. Kathy, come on. We know each other. What's going on? How, how, how bad is this? Okay. Two years ago, Benny Klieger in Morgan's bond department also started shorting subprime housing, two billion in triple Bs. Benny is smarter than I thought. No, he's not smart at all. The premiums on the swap ate into his desk's profit to cover his triple B shorts. He sold a lot of A and double A swaps as protection, a lot. He believed that there was no way that they could be affected. Tell me Morgan Stanley doesn't hold the contracts on these swaps. Mm. Sure does. Holy shit. All this time I've been trying to figure out who I'm betting against, and it's Morgan Stanley, which is me. What's your exposure, three billion? Please don't tell me it's more than four. I can't answer that, I, I can't answer that. Yes, you can answer that because I walk in here and people are crying in your hallway. Kathy, you bring me in to tell me everything's fine and everything's not fine. What, what is happening? The long exposure is 15 billion. He kept saying defaults over 8% were impossible. Oh, my that God. That there would be a million homeless. Oh. A million homeless? It is. And so what ended up happening with Mark Baum, he ended up having a discussion shortly after that 
And because he really wanted to play the whole, I'm angry at you, I'm gonna make you guys bleed. This conversation ended up erupting. He didn't end up making the, you know, the gross profit that he was supposed to. And what used to be 100%, I believe he sold at just a mere 30%. Now, of course, for Mark Baum, this is no problem, right? This guy's still making tens of millions of dollars, no problem. But millions of people ended up homeless. And so I'm going to play this last clip for you in terms of this conversation. And let's see how it went. Yeah, but we have nothing to do with Morgan Stanley. Yeah. Tell the bankruptcy court. Morgan fails. All our accounts go on their balance sheet. It's just crazy. Morgan's makes this sucker's bed and we pay their fucking gambling debt? Short the bank stocks. We wait. Or we sell our swaps when the market opens. We get our bonuses, our investors get their profits. We get 30 cents on the dollar. Not bad. We're three times that. Not if there's no market left to sell them in. Forget it. We're not giving out any lifeboats. Mark, if Morgan goes under, we end up with nothing. Vinny. Jesus, come on. I say when we sell. Look, I get that this is personal for you, but we have a fiduciary responsibility. No, no, we don't. Responsible. Nobody's acting responsible. Fuck responsibility. Are you kidding me? The assholes at the big banks. I want to take. Boys want me up. We're talking, please. Excuse us. We're going to wait, and we are going to wait, and we are going to wait until they feel the pain, until they start to bleed. That is what I want. But what about our clients who've entrusted us with their savings? I say when we sell. This isn't about you. This isn't about you. Hey, 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 I say when we sell. Whatever you say, Mark. And then, because Mark was out with a vengeance, what ended up and ultimately happened was, I believe, I think it was 30 cents on the dollar they sold it for. Now, other things, other movies, you could watch uh, The Margin Call. Uh, that was a very just star-studded cast movie. Um, what ended up happening, they had a fire sale. And a fire sale is basically you open up and you just sell to everyone, anything outgoing, no swaps within the company. And so, again, what was $1, you know, let's say 90 cents of the dollar, 95 cents of the dollar, as the hours went on throughout the morning and the afternoon, it went from 80 to 65 to 50 and then that was the end. It wasn't just the Bear Stearns and the Lehman Brothers. It was everything. And so to sum up this podcast, reporting the financial information. If you are in corporate finance, and I love it because I deal with so many accountants. I'm actually working with an accountant right now. And considering that there is going to be another shutdown, uh, if not had already been announced, um, coming up real soon because Omicron, it is very critical to have an accountant on board, someone in corporate finance that could actually look at everything and say, you know what? Okay, let me check and see if everything's healthy in here. Let me see, uh, okay, loans payable, accounts payable, taxation payable, let me check everything out. And if you have someone in regards to the salaries paid, the rent, the utilities, and you're able to break it all down and see, it's not good at all. That's why South African Airways fell. Tim Cook fell. They weren't healthy to begin with. All it took was not even a couple of weeks of COVID and Tim Cook was gone. 
and so many other airlines had collapsed. Cafe Pacific, I could tell you right now, if you are in corporate finance and you want to do some research, go see where their books are right now, Cafe Pacific, because they're scaring the living hell out of me. One of my favorite, the favorite airline, very narrowly beaten off, Singapore Airlines. They are going to fail because guess what? Their sister, what was it, Cafe Dragon? They fail unbelievably quick. So if you're very good at reading financial reports and information, you're going to see how healthy a company is and see if doomsday is approaching. And I can tell you right now, if we look at, you know, some of the companies, the SMEs, unfortunately, out here in Thailand that were hanging on by a thread, and then next, you know, there was another shutdown that was announced in April. Unfortunately, some, some of the best restaurants in Bangkok had fallen because if you look at their financial information, if you look at, you know, the loans and how much that you know, was outgoing, how much they had to pay the landlord, how much they were making in general, it just was not good. And so... There it is, people. This is why I love talking about money. This is why I love talking about corporate finance. So in saying that, thank you so much for tuning in to another wonderful corporate finance. A day and Monday, we're going to be talking about changes and describing changes and financial changes and listening to audio in the next episode. So with that being said, stay tuned for more. I'm your crazy host as always, over and out.